What is up, Metroid fans? Welcome back to the Omega Metroid Podcast. The introduction sounds different because it's Dak, not Andy, joined this week again by Duminal. Duminal, how you doing, my man? Thanks for uh, helping out this week as Andy is MIA at the moment. Yeah, yeah, Andy is off being a nerd, getting married or something like that. I, I don't know, <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, but in, in all seriousness, in all seriousness, no, though, uh, Andy, uh, Sam, congratulations to you two. So happy for the both of you. And uh, Sam in particular, we really appreciate you putting up with our crap on a nearly weekly basis. And so, yeah, very happy uh, for Andy and Sam and uh, their much needed vacation. They're going to be gone for about two or three more episodes. So uh, you you all are just going to have to deal with us in the meantime. So hope you all are ready yeah. for that. Yeah, so I was gone for a little bit, getting settled into, I guess, what's going on in my life. Now, Andy will be gone, as, as you just said. Yeah, he's... He's in the middle of something that way out prioritizes the show. So he's got a uh, a well-deserved break from doing some Metroid talk, but I'm sure that uh, he'll be chomping at the bit to get back to talking about some Metroid stuff. We already have a bunch of other topics planned. And yeah, it'll be the, the two of us for the next few weeks, it seems. So yeah, we've got some shows lined up. And in fact, a lot of stuff to talk about today. So I want to get into that pretty quickly because we've we've got quite the the list at least from what myself and Doom have already gotten into. Obviously, we are within 60 days, I believe, of Metroid Dread coming out for the Nintendo Switch, which is super hype, and we're all very excited for that. We'll be covering a lot more Dread in the uh, in the coming episodes, and then obviously when the game launches. So stay tuned for that. But we're also going to talk a little Dread today, as well as some other stuff. We're going to be talking about the Golden Age or Golden Era of Metroid, which and myself and Duo might actually go into uh, what exactly denotes the beginning and end of that. But generally, <laughs> people would consider that you know the time in the 2000s, mid 2000s, from when Metroid Prime and Fusion came out in 2002 to you know around when like metroid prime 3 and trilogy uh came out later in that decade and we'll go deeper into that but we're going to kind of talk about you know what it was like like those games coming out the context of those games coming out at the times they did and you know the influence they had on other releases different events and memories that we had playing those games and getting them and, and living through the releases as well and there's a bunch of games of course that came out and and many people think myself included that we might be in for another golden age another golden era maybe a platinum era of metroid as we have metroid dread and metroid prime 4 on the outset so a uh, lot to talk about there but we also have some things to talk about beforehand so let's get into that real quick by the way episode 75 of mega metroid podcast which is pretty hype so Thank you all for listening and sticking with us. It's been quite the journey. Literally, when we started this show, um, <laughs> there was no new Metroid on the on the horizon. Metroid Prime 4 might have still been a myth. Who knows? Like We knew it was announced and it was restarted. Who knows what was happening? And uh, now here we are. Look, look how far we've come. So thank you all for sticking with us. But uh, yeah, so the first thing we wanted to get into here, and I think it's something that's been pretty hype that people have been talking about. Uh, there was a tweet that went out, and I think it was also reported elsewhere by GameStop saying that their their top five most pre-ordered games for the Nintendo Switch, number one, Metroid Dread, over Pokemon twice, it looked like. Both the, well, I guess yeah, three times. It was the, uh, the it, double but, pack. Yeah, the double, yeah, right. So that's actually pretty cool. Both the new uh, Pokemon remakes and the new Pokemon Legends game, 
as well as the Mario Party Superstars game. And then I believe it's uh, Shin Megami Tensei was the fifth game. So, yeah, Metroid Dread. Obviously, we've been talking about the pre-orders. Uh, do you know, did you expect, though, to, like, even this, like, I guess, late into the game, but also early in a way, that Metroid Dread's still kind of holding this spot? Uh, I honestly, it wasn't even something I was necessarily thinking about at this point, but, um, yeah, yeah, I'll be like Pokemon in particular, like the other ones I didn't feel like were super surprising, even, even Mario Party. Cause that's usually the kind of game that like, I feel like it would sell more than Metroid, but like, I don't think it would be pre-ordered more than Metroid, but Pokemon, that one actually really surprised me. Cause people like Pokemon pre-orders are usually go mad high, but like, yeah. Mm-hmm. The fact that, and and clearly like let's be very clear Metroid Dread is not going to outsell Pokemon not even close like whoa like, whoa let's... whoa maybe it could <laughs> who knows uh, not with that attitude man hey oh, yeah. listen it's not going to outsell Pokemon but let's let's be very clear RGT eighty five is going to be playing Battle and Wonder World and I cannot wait <laughs> uh, for that stream yeah but yeah this is just, this is just all good news too. it's a really good time to be a Metroid fan in general you know that your whole my whole life at least. You know, maybe you can relate to this on a similar degree. You know, you've always felt like the underdog being a Metroid fan. Like, oh, I have like, (laughs) you know, like, and now for the first time, it's like, oh my gosh, other people are finally starting to discover this and it feels great. It really does. Well, you know, the thing was, I, I kind of felt that way of like, you know, Metroid was really good and doing well back in the 2000s. You know, we'll talk about that later. I feel like that's when Metroid was, it's the last decade that really has made me feel how you just described where like, oh, being a Metroid fan is really, <laughs> it's not, it doesn't really put you at the top of the tier list in terms of feeling great. So yeah, this is awesome though. I actually didn't realize that it was the double pack at first. I thought it was just one of the, like, but I mean, I guess it makes sense. The double pack would be selling that well. And these days people just want to get as much Pokemon as they can. I'm actually surprised that Legends wasn't higher up because I really thought that that was going to be something that like everybody's going to be jumping onto. It's like Breath of the Wild Pokemon. And I'm really interested to see how that goes. But yeah, the hype for Metroid Dread being at the top of the list, you know, obviously, yeah, Pokemon's going to sell more. It's the bigger franchise, more Pokemon games come out. And, you know, this is like a huge, like, at this moment, it feels like a once in a lifetime, like Metroid game. It's like, I can't, we can't believe that this game's actually coming out. So obviously there's a ton of hype about, you know, around it. But still, I think Metroid doing this well against like a, the, the the media conglomerate or whatever that is metro or that is pokemon right like pokemon is so huge that even like all that aside still to see metroid outdoing it in some way i think is such a it's a milestone in a way (laughs) and yeah we'll we'll see if that actually continues through the sales but i thought this was pretty noteworthy obviously a lot of people everyone else did too but uh just you know there was a lot of hype when the game was originally revealed and Obviously, the game was, like, on the top of the charts and, like, Amazon, all these other sites for pre-orders, but then it kind of died down a little bit. But then, you know, GameStop, you know, still reporting, like, hey, Metroid Dread's still at the top. Like, people are still pre-ordering this game. You know, maybe this is, like, just collective and this was mostly bolstered by that initial hype. Either way, though, uh, seeing Metroid Dread at the top, really awesome. And I'm really excited to see when this game launches and you know, over the, you know, the next year because, you know, sure, like, I'm going to enjoy this game. You'll enjoy this game, but I want to see this game sell really well, so... You know, I want to see that happen. And that way we can get even more amazing games like Metroid Dread. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's a, that's another thing, too. It, this game doing well not only is great to like actually play it, but it means we'll get some more Metroid on the way. And, and speaking of more Metroid, one thing that we've talked about on the show, and I think we'll talk about in a, a future episode soon, is like things like besides Metroid, like Metroid video games, right? Like 
we're talking like Metroid merch or, you know, maybe movies or, or anime, you know, whatever, like cartoons, something like that. Like, like, you know, something like a Castlevania style, like the Castlevania show on Netflix, like a style like that for a Metroid show would be sick. But recently there was also a, a pitched Lego idea for Samus and her ship. And now, and I think even like Ridley was involved and now another product idea for like the Lego idea site for Metroid Dread and Samus and Emmy has been posted by the same developer, same creator of the original pitch. Yeah, so this El, was really El cool. El Diego think, is his uh, user yeah. handle. El Diego. This is really cool. What are your, what are your thoughts on this? Because, I mean, at first glance, I think this looks awesome. Yeah, this thing looks super awesome and also um, really faithful because a lot of a lot of the uh, scenes that he recreates in the Legos are like shots from like that er- initial reveal trailer, which is so cool. Just the mm-hmm. attention to detail that, you know, he's put into all these concepts and... Yeah, just to clarify, the the first concept that he did, it has not been uh, canceled. It is still under review. So this isn't like a response to like a canceled project or anything. This is an additional campaign that he started. And last time I checked, it was at 1,000 uh, 1, backers. It needs to reach 10,000 before uh, it's eligible to be reviewed by the LEGO Ideas team. And so um, we're trying to get um, as many people to do that as possible. It's finally starting to make its rounds on the uh, mainstream gaming outlet, so I think it has a, I think it has a pretty good chance of reaching that uh, milestone, just like the first project did. Yeah, the first one looked really good, and obviously had like it had a lot of additions, like all these other things you could add, and 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 this has like the recreation, like you said, this looks awesome. I love the different angles pulled right from the trailer, and then you have the different Emmy colors. And it's it's completely faithful and like looks amazing. You know, I wonder if these things are really ever gonna kind of see the light of day as official products, just knowing Nintendo. But I really love like the creativity and, and the work that goes into this because this looks phenomenal. And I would absolutely this honestly in a way like maybe like I mean, I still think the first pitch was really good, but like just how well this guy was able to capture like Metroid Dread and Lego form. It like it just translates so well. And Emmy is a, such a cool toy. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> I feel like it's just a really sick looking character and would be great. Like just aside from the whole Metroid Dread and you know project in general, just Emmy is a really awesome. It's like a Bionicle <laughs> looking at yeah, it. Yeah, pretty so. much. Yeah, it looks like yeah. um, it kind of reminds <laughs> me of like the Borox, but they're not quite as. Um as a circular or spherical as the Borax. Oh, you know, like the names and whatnot <laughs> from Bionicle. Jesus. <laughs> I've got to get into that deeper some other time. Uh, yeah, this looks dope. I mean, I really would love to see this back. I mean, I'm looking at the page now. Um, it says it's like pretty much at 1500 supporters, I think at the moment. And then like, there's still 604 days left. So I think it'll hit it. Oh, definitely. And certainly when the game gets closer to the release, I think this will probably get more traction as well. And I wonder if like, he'll add like some more stuff. Like now that we know, like the, well, I don't want to say any spoilers, but the more we learn about Dread, I wonder if things will be added to this. Is as far as I'll go. Yeah, yeah. I almost, I almost went a little. Yeah, just, just to clarify there. for people who aren't aware in the um, who are who are listening right now, I have purposely opted out from uh, watching the new Metroid Dread trailer. I believe it. I believe it's the thirty second teaser that was just released. I've seen, I've seen the pictures yeah. of the new Varia suit online, but otherwise, like, I don't know what happens in the trailer, and I don't want to know what happens. I want to go into this game blind outside of what i've already seen from the initial reveal trailer and the uh, the sakamoto uh, development diary so yeah yeah I, I respect to you man i don't know how you do it i love spoilers <laughs> i i want I, the info i immediately. went into both infinity war and endgame without watching a single trailer so this is like a cakewalk compared to that 
Wow, see, like, I guess I didn't, like, I didn't, like, find any, like, internet spoilers to, like, spoil the script. But I definitely watched the trailers and whatnot, so I, I don't have that kind of discipline. And I've certainly consumed all of the Metroid Dread media that there's been out there. And thankfully, it honestly, from it really doesn't spoil much at all, so, like, I've been happy about that. But that's just from my perspective. That said, um, I believe in a future episode we will go into one of those trailers. Uh, do it all you probably won't be there or you'll be muted up <laughs> so you don't have to hear what it's about but there is there's some juicy stuff in there that we'll likely cover yeah this looks awesome though i really hope that this gets some traction gets some legs uh phenomenal work it, it, really awesome this this guy's had a lot of talent so yeah i especially um, like the detail he put on like those emmy doors where you enter the emmy zones like i thought that yeah. was such a cool idea of like how he utilized the pieces and it looks like really close to like how they appear in the game too like Mm-hmm. so awesome he's he's such a creative dude like meanwhile i'm just over here like drawing really bad stick figures <laughs> hey man art is art I, I honestly also want to say that the suit looks really cool like in lego form yes it like does. A, you know a lego metroid game i would be down for that we've talked about spinoffs and like hey now that we have real metroid games coming out i'll take spinoffs you know lego metroid I'll, you know lego metroid is the federation <laughs> force we truly deserve that's that's Lego Metroid would be sick. That's I think enough for another episode as well. Something we got to get into. What a Lego Metroid be like? I'd totally be down. Um, now speaking of spoilers, we're not going to talk about any. But what I guess some people have been kind of avoiding somewhat have been the Metroid Dread reports. Like they've been, they've had some details that I would say aren't somewhat spoilery, but maybe they are. But this latest one that's come out it's pretty much just going over like recapping the series so uh, we haven't gone too in depth on the dread reports previously i don't believe if we have we've kind of skimmed over glossed over them maybe uh maybe i'm just misremembering but i believe you did, been... i believe you did a full episode to like volume three because that was a pretty meaty one, okay if I yeah remember correctly yeah so i honestly i think so far we've been just kind of giving spoilers but <laughs> um i'm trying i'm trying to balance it out here so i'm doing my best but that you know that's it i know i've been reading them all I'm not sure how much you've been reading of them. I, I've read all of them, yeah. Okay, I don't, I don't so think you've read been, them all. I don't think they've been spoilery at, at all, in my opinion. And obviously, I'm going yeah. pretty hardcore into like going in blind, but I don't think there's been any details that like the that like diehard Metroid fans either didn't already know or wouldn't have been able to infer as of now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's kind of how I felt about most of the stuff that's come out about the game so far. It's like. 90 90% of it is stuff that like you can you can kind of surmise is going to happen or you know like you know you'd bring up the various suit I'm not going to show it off or really talk about the details but everyone knows that Samus is going to have other suit upgrades and variations available to her and not just like the initial dread suit that we've been yeah at least we've been shown. at least a very and a gravity suit anything beyond that like that could i right. I, I personally do think there's going to be something beyond the gravity suit but like obviously that's something i would hope so that's obviously something we don't quite know about yet but you know, I I want them to bring back the arm blades. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, the fusion like when, blades, in, yeah. Yeah, like what happened to those? I know we, we're we're gonna likely find out what happened with her suit, and it seems like her suit's really just going back to its mechanical form, whatever. But like, what happened to the blades? Like, I want want some melee blade action. But either way, so we'll jump into the report. So I know you wanted to talk about this law because there's a, a specific part about it that uh, really kind of got you going and really excited you and i agreed but mostly this report is just kind of going over the 
the saga of the the 2D Metroid series, right? Yeah, pretty much. Just uh, from the original NES Metroid all the way to Metroid Fusion, and uh, no mention of Metroid Other M though. So I know Dak, you're very happy to very happy <laughs> to see that. Well, you know, here's the thing: is that as much as I love Other M Slander. You know, <laughs> as much as the next person, uh, it, it also doesn't mention any Metroid Prime stuff, which, you know, is obviously good in canon. So uh, just because it's omitted here, unfortunately, doesn't mean much for Other M as much as I would like it to. But I do like that Other M is not being mentioned at all. So that, you know, I'll, t- I'll take what I can get. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, it sticks to the main 2D games, goes into the original uh, Metroid, any like the NES Metroid, even like I like how they even added like the original artwork, like just showing how far we've come from the original designs of some of these characters. Like Ridley, for example, is a, a glaring outlier there, all the way to you know through Super into Fusion, where you get to see a lot of those same characters kind of come through, and and see how they've kind of evolved over time. So I thought that was really cool. Yeah, and a lot of that artwork is being shown in high definition for the first time. Like, especially the ones that stood out to me were uh, some of those Samus Returns Chozo memories. Like, a lot of those have been limited to 240p. Because even if you play those on Dolphin, like, you can't natively upscale those um, photos because... uh, Or not Dolphin, excuse me, Citra. Because Citra doesn't have AI upscaling, so you can't do anything like that. But So these are the first time we've seen a lot of those Chozo memories in, like, their native resolution without being limited to... Uh, the 240p uh, downgrading on the 3ds so i thought those were pretty cool personally but yeah that isn't the, that isn't the highlight that stood out to me there was first <laughs> first off even before i go into that how cool is it that we're finally seeing nintendo like actually acknowledge uh, a metroid anniversary like obviously it's only because they're trying to promote dread if there was no metroid game we wouldn't be hearing any of it but just the fact that they're talking about it is just really cool and something that isn't really precedented it's unprecedented yeah, you know, I wouldn't go as far as you know as far to say that they're celebrating the Metroid anniversary outright. Like they're it's really, marketing like you the said, anniversary. Just, uh, they're marketing. I mean, they are, but yeah, they're they're mostly doing it like you said because of dread. So I, I'll take what I can get. I think it's it's fine. Like I honestly, it's awesome that they're talking about Metroid so often. And mm-hmm. yeah, it is cool that they've mentioned like okay, it's been this many years since we've gotten the last like new 2d metro and it's been 35 years since the series started like all that co- those kind of mentions like it, it's awesome to like actually see them putting in at least a minimal effort <laughs> to show off why this you know these games are cool why we like these games and why people should try them out and and that's really what it's all about i feel like a lot of the time they've just never really put in the effort to like actually show why metroid is so cool and why it's so awesome and why people play it and now they're doing that and they're going into like you know even like story and lore aspects which for me are just as important i know a lot of people really you know metroid the gameplay is obviously the core part of the experience but the world and the story and all that are just important to me so i like that they even go into those aspects of the franchise as well so yeah like to to look at this report and you're getting like all these different screenshots and and showing like what the game was actually about and then like talking about what the game's story was about like that's just so cool to see it all like wrapped up here it makes it actually feel like it matters in their like at least their eyes and in everyone else's like hey like this is something worth talking about this is awesome you should check it out and it is like and i love reading this stuff especially like the fusion section because i love going through that story and it's just cool how like the metroid story and experiences has come through the ages and it's still awesome and they're going even farther now to actually promote it which is great and the 35th anniversary 
thankfully coming out the same time or being around the same time as Metroid Dread coming out, uh, video game gods helping us out here, I think. <laughs> yeah, you can't really think of many uh, better 35th anniversary gifts than like a 16-year-old rumored game, which is a sequel to a game that we got 19 years ago, nearly two decades ago. Like there aren't really mm-hmm. that many better ways that you can celebrate a 35th anniversary, if you ask me personally. But anyways, going back into this Dread Report, and while you were actually doing that talking, I actually pulled it up because I wanted to read this exact quote here. But in the Super Metroid section specifically, there is a paragraph that intrigued the hell out of me personally. Mm-hmm. So it's right before it's right before Fusion. So if y'all want to pull this up on your ends too, you can. But it says, Transmission from the Dev Team. The Super Metroid game can be said to offer the greatest flexibility for exploration of the series. You can enjoy similar flexibility in the Metroid Dread game, depending on how you take advantage of your abilities. You might be able to find ways to obtain weapons, items, and abilities earlier than the intended timing. We encourage you to try to discover alternate routes of exploration. Dak, I cannot put into words just how much that excites me. Um, Pretty much, I love most Metroid games, even the more linear ones, but my favorite type of Metroid game, and I talked about this on an episode with Andy... Um, is this kind of freeform exploration where you're re- where you're revisiting areas and where the game gives you the opportunities to use the mechanics in ways that maybe weren't intended to be used. Kind of like Super Metroid. Even though Super Metroid isn't my all-time favorite Metroid game, it's I'm not even I'm not even sure if it's in my top five, which Oh my god, <laughs> say it ain't so. <laughs> yeah, that's I'm not not saying it while Andy's here, obviously, or else I would be a dead man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, but no, I, I still love Super Metroid, and one of the things that I love about that game is the power that it gives the player the more you understand the fundamentals and the mechanics uh, and the physics and everything. And there hasn't really been a Metroid game that has replicated that since then. I think the closest we've gotten is Zero Mission, but even Zero Mission to an extent, a lot of those alternate routes are, are a lot of those are pre-planned, like they're, pre-de- they're predetermined alternate routes that you can take. There's not, there's not a, a similar level of exploiting the mechanics that you can in Super Metroid, and the and the dev team right here, they specifically mentioned Dread, saying that it's going to be similar to the way you explore the game in Super Metroid, and that pretty much alleviates the last worry I had with Metroid Dread, and I use worry in loose quotations because I love Samus Returns, but one of my biggest criticisms with the game is that you don't really revisit the areas unless you're going for the final 100% sweep. You can complete Samus Returns. Um, without uh, traversing or backtracking to um, a previous area at all. You just go from area one, area two, area three, and so on and so forth until you beat the game, unless you're going for 100%. And if what this paragraph is hinting at is true, then it seems like Dread is going back to that old school formula of revisiting multiple areas, of utilizing your mechanics to um, get early items in ways that maybe maybe either were intended or ways that either weren't intended. It seems it seems like this game is trying to give a lot of additional freedom to the player that the series hasn't embarked on in a long time, and that has me really excited because to me that that's my kind of Metroid. I don't know about you and what your thoughts are on it. If you think I'm really overblowing this, but I'd love to hear what you think. No, I mean, I think you're right on point. I, I mean, I think they're outright saying that, like, yeah, you'll be able to, like, sequence break. And, you know, like, that's kind of, like, what I got from this. 
like you know earlier than the intended timing like they're all that's ta all talking about like you know cr coming up with your ways to kind of break the game and and figure out your your own path right instead of just a path that the developers come up for you so yeah i mean it seems like they're outright encouraging sequence breaking if not something close to it but absolutely i you know encouraging this kind of style of metroid game is definitely welcome and my favorite 2d metroid is is metroid fusion but that's not to say that i don't like something more like or super or even zero mission so th this i'm super excited about and i think i was already kind of feeling it would be that way when we saw gameplay initially when the game was revealed because you know they added like the slide and you have like the the spider walls and whatnot like I it felt like there were all different kinds of mechanics that would be useful ways to get to places you might not you shouldn't be able to get to at certain points and it seems like it's kind of trying to to streamline and encourage players to be creative and not just go from a to b so uh yeah I i'm totally with you man i think this is going to be really fun and really cool and i want to see how like i want to see the skill ceiling you know like because the game seems very accessible right and we know like it's going to be accessible story-wise and from a gameplay perspective, I think, you know, it's going to be more accessible than previous 2D Metroids have been. Absolutely. But at the same time, I want to see how far people can push the game. And this is right up that kind of alley, right? Where the, it seems like they're encouraging, you know, and hoping that people are like, you know, trying to find the fullest optimized potential of the combination of abilities and, uh, and things that they're going to give players to use and whatnot. So I'm excited for the other upgrades that we haven't seen yet because that could be even more wild and, and powerful than we've seen. I hope obviously they will be, but maybe even more than we expect. So I I'm totally with you. This is really a major, probably the most important part of this dev update, right? Of this report, I would say, other than the really cool artwork, mm -hmm. which is which is really cool. I, I would argue this is more important than that for me, because at least for me, like the initial Metroid Dread trailer, like it alleviated pretty much most of the concerns I had going out of Samus Returns, which again, I really enjoyed mm -hmm. Samus Returns. It's a fantastic game. You should definitely go play it if for some reason you haven't already. But, you know, there's, there's a, lot of, a lot of issues in that game that I was wondering if Mercury's theme was going to iron out. And that first reveal trailer pretty much ironed out the most of them, with the exception of, you know, those sequential environments. And this paragraph seems, again, it's not outright confirming it, it's being a little vague, but it seems to be hinting it that it's going to be going back to that old school uh, map philosophy, which if that's the case, that's pretty much the final word I have. And at this point, I'm just like... My hype is at like an 11 out of 10 right now. Yeah, man, I, I definitely agree. I can't wait for this game. And I, and I think they're pretty much on the right track in all aspects of the game. From what I've seen, it looks like it's a lot of fun and plays really well. The graphics are great and look really cool. And I love like the aesthetic of the game and how like Samus is presented as a character. Uh, the story looks like it's going to be awesome and and not only follow up on what happened in Fusion and the other games, but has a lot of really cool, like, new stuff and is finally going into, like, aspects of the Chozo that we've been waiting for. And and I'm really interested to see, like, where the story is going to go next. So uh, right now, yeah, like, I feel like they're really going to <laughs> hit this out of the park, I, I hope. And it looks like it's going to be a really awesome game. So this definitely puts some, instills some more confidence in me as well, not that I wasn't, already confident this game would be a must-buy but definitely seeing that I, i'm i'm hopeful and i'm hoping that they can follow through on on these words because it's still it is still words but i'm i'm confident i hope they can follow through 
Absolutely. Well, we are about to run into the 30-minute uh, mark, so I'd say we do our uh, our final little highlight really quickly before we go into our main topic today, which is uh, Axiom Verge 2, Shadow Dropped, out of nowhere, RKO, out of nowhere, and uh, yeah, from the from the Nindy Direct. Uh, I have not played it yet. Dak, I'm not sure if you've played it. <laughs> but uh, I... Well, that's the thing, is that I think Andy definitely has played it. Yes. I have not played it, and... I, it turns out you have not played it, so <laughs> um, I'm curious to, to hear your thoughts on the game. Um, I'm happy that it's out. Um, I'm definitely going to play it when I can. I'm in the middle of a couple of other game uh, game playthroughs right now. I'm uh, just I'm finally just finishing up my Bloodstained playthrough, which I've been slowly making my way through uh, my second one since, I want to say, uh, early June, right before the um, right before E3. And then um, I've also been playing some other games on the side, kind of going with that, along with um, Master Chief Collection, doing those weekly challenges and whatnot. The Halo Infinite beta from a couple weeks ago, that that was a lot of fun. But uh, yeah, now that things are starting to clear up and school's starting again, maybe I will just uh, quickly buy AV2 and just get that out of the way before Dread comes out. Because obviously Axiom Verge, Axiom Verge 1, phenomenal game, as you have already discussed on the podcast... Oh yeah, definitely. Well, speaking of which, we did an inspired by Metroid on that, and we'll likely do an inspired by Metroid on Axiom Verge two. I know. I mean, if Andy was here, he'd be talking to us about this game, and I'm sure he's like, somehow he can like he can he knows that we're talking about this right now, and he just like wants to be here and like wants to let us know about Axiom Verge two. He was very excited about it when it got uh, shadow dropped essentially. I was also very excited, but I have not gotten to playing it. I've been addicted to Destiny. Uh, Destiny 2 for the past month, and I put in almost 200 hours in like four weeks. So really enjoying that game. Also, Splitgate has been pretty cool. Uh, you mentioned the the Halo Master Chief challenges, and I've just gotten the same like I love doing those for the unlocks, but then I just got the same feeling from doing quests and bounties in, in Destiny 2. So that's kind of where I'm at. <laughs> but I will find some time to play Axiom Verge 2, and we'll give it an actual a full review and a full. IBM, full inspired by Metroid and whatnot. It, from what I've seen, though, it looks... I mean, we already kind of knew aesthetically it looked very different from the first one, but it, even gameplay-wise, it looks... And as a whole package, it looks pretty different from the first Axiom Verge, so I'm not exactly sure what to expect. Yeah, there's a bigger focus um, on melee combat this time around, it seems like. Yeah, I thought that was really interesting, because I, I like melee combat in Metroidvanias, so, like, you know, Guacamelee... Um, I thought was really good, <laughs> like specifically, and I love kind of melee combat. Kind of makes it feel like beat 'em up, but I like a, a solid mix of of gunplay too. And I think it's interesting that it seems like that might not be the focus of Axiom Verge Two, at least maybe not in the outset, because the first game, from what I remember, was all about having all these different kinds of crazy weapons. So, and to not have like a mix of both, like to have all these different kind of crazy weapons and like cool melee stuff, I feel like that would be the more natural progression for an axiom verge 2 who knows i still got to give it a a full fair uh check but yeah we'll 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 go in more in depth on axiom verge 2 in the coming weeks as we uh not only get to play it ourselves but let all of you get to get a chance to play it so you can come to your own conclusion before listening to us so yeah and if anyone else, um, if anyone listening is interested in ch- yeah interested in checking it out it's literally only 20 bucks so you can get this game from dirt cheap right out of the gate just came out so yeah, if you're curious to do that, check it out on the eShop Xbox. Is, is it on Xbox? I know it's on P- PlayStation and PC. I don't know. Can't remember if it's on Xbox too, but 
Uh, I think it's on PlayStation, Xbox, and then on the Epic Game Store. Yeah, that's right. That's right. It's got Epic Epic exclusivity. That's right. Yes. So I got to open up that instead of it just being on Steam. But hey, whatever. Um. So yeah. So let's we'll we'll talk about that in the future. But let's jump into finally our our main topic of the day of the night of the afternoon, depending on when you're listening to this. And it is, we've talked about this actually on Twitter. We've talked about this on the, or in the Omega Metroid Discord server quite a few times. We were just talking about it before the show, not even just, you know, preparing for it. But, uh, you know, the golden age, the golden era of the Metroid series, right? Which most people consider the, the golden age of Metroid to really be in like that mid 2000s era, you know, between Metroid Prime, Metroid Fusion, and then towards the end of the decade as those last few games came out before we kind of got to the Dark Ages, which all began, um, as far as I'm concerned, with the game that should not be named. So, you know, we want to kind of go into this because we've we've had a lot of time uh, thinking about these kinds of games over the years, but recently we've talked about it because it's something that we've looked at, you know, back fondly on and also feel like we might be on a new age, a new similar age of Metroid games, you know, in the 2020s. So... You know, it, it's kind of it's cool to kind of look back and 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 see like how those games were like when they came out and the influence they had and how it went over the years. You know, living through that as both myself and Numinal did, albeit younger, but um, you know, lived through that kind of era of Metroid. And you know, Andy uh, certainly has lived through it, but in a different context too. He started out like kind of earlier in the series than like myself, for example. Um, so yeah, we wanted to kind of jump into that and, and reminisce a little bit about the, the golden age of, of Metroid. And I know obviously doing we got to start off with the dual release of Metroid prime and Metroid fusion in 2002, right? Like that's, that is the, def- we can, we might disagree on when the, the golden age ended, right? Mm-hmm. But I think we can agree on when it started. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It's not every day that you get two Metroid games, two phenomenal Metroid games, mind you, releasing on the same day. In fact, it's never been done since. That's how uh, that's how uh, insane and uh, breaking the meta that day did. Yeah, I mean, I think it's so interesting that it wasn't even just like two games releasing. It was two major games, two new games. Like they weren't remakes. They weren't spent. I mean, I guess in a way one of them was like a spin-off somewhat but like they weren't like it wasn't like Metroid Prime Pinball and Hunters coming out on the same day or yeah. something like that like these are two major games and i remember specifically cuz this is how i got into metroid was metro i got metroid prime and metroid fusion for christmas that year and i got the 2 in 1 prima guide and i got both of those games and i knew samus from the smash bros series so that's kind of how i got into metroid but I remember specifically feeling like, oh, wow, these games must be really good if, like, two of them are coming out the same day. Like, that would, that, like you said, that was unheard of. Like, even for other series, like Zelda or anything else I had played, like, two games coming out at the same time and both of them being big, it must be a big deal. Like, this must be a huge, and it was, the both games were awesome. So, I don't, you know, whether or not you could do that today, debatable. Um, you know, the fact that there were both the GameCube and the Game Boy for Nintendo, obviously, was the situation that allowed that to happen. But it, I still, I just feel like that kind of release was just it was so huge in my eyes as a kid because I was like, wow, this this must be a really, truly great series. If like I got this cool character in Smash alongside all these other, you know, major Nintendo characters that I you know know from playing in these other games. And then now there's two like, Samus getting two games like I got to play them. 
And so I feel like that was there. There's no better way to kick off like an era of of game releases than two major ones, both for console and for portable. It like it it set the tone, right? Because now you're like, okay, you can expect great Metroid games on both your Game Boy or DS or whatever, or your GameCube, your Wii, etc. Like your console, no matter where you are, you can get good Metroid. That set the tone, and that was true for almost a decade. Yeah, you took the words right out of my right out of my mouth at the end there. Like no matter. I'm sorry, man. Oh no 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 no. That's that's good. You don't have to apologize. No, but basically, I'm but joking. basically, you um, yeah. No matter it, you don't have to own either a GBA or a GameCube or um, or I mean, you do have to, you have to own at least one of those. But it doesn't matter. You gotta you have one of them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's not like you're limited. It's not like oh, if you own, you have to own a specific. Like you weren't console. missing out. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Like. No matter what, which one of those consoles you owned, like there was a fantastic game awaiting for you regardless. And if you did happen to own both, then you get two fantastic games that offer, that also offer distinctly um, different experiences as well. So it's not like it's more of the same. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's another, that's a good point is that they were both distinctly different experiences, not just in perspective, right? Like obviously one's a 3d FPS, one's a 2d action adventure, you know, action adventure game in the game boy, but like, and like they look different, but like the actual experience is how the games played. Metroid prime is more open and you're more exploratory, a little more backtracking fusion, a lot more linear, a lot more narrative heavy. So like, it wasn't even just like, even the gameplay was different. Like the story is different. The settings were like, everything was so drastically different. It gave you, two wildly different perspectives on the same franchise. And that was something that you really don't get and for not only a lot of series, but you don't get it at such a short period of time at the same time, you know? Like, for Metroid Prime, I, I, I think that's maybe why I had such a such a huge, I guess, appreciation for Metroid Fusion because I wasn't like, I didn't feel like I was lacking on like the exploration aspect in Metroid Fusion because I was playing Metroid Prime. Yeah. And well, you know, it was like I, I had my fill there, which I guess, you know, you got to separate them eventually. But still, like at the time, I had the full Metroid experience. I was getting the story and the lore and the backstory and like that direct like action, like even horror survival. And I was getting the open FPS Metroid. You know, I'm getting like the full package by getting both of those two games. And the fact that they came out pretty much at the same time kind of really drove that point further forward. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I told this story um, during my first episode back when we were talking about um, trilogy controls and all that. But my first, mm -hmm. my first Metroid game was Metroid 2, but I was too young to really understand and get a grasp of the game. I was too young. I, of course, have since then beaten it. And if you want to hear my thoughts, you can check out an episode from a couple, couple episodes back when me and Andy talked about it. But that's not the topic of this episode. So after I put down after I put down Metroid after I yeah after I put down Metroid two, <laughs> I was in a blockbuster one day, rip blockbuster, and I saw the box art for Metroid Prime. And of course, at this point, you know I'd recognized Samus from Super Smash Brothers. She was my favorite character in that game. I loved um, how she looked compared to the other characters. I loved reading all the Metroid trophy lore, so I was already like really curious about the series. And when I saw that. That was my real introduction into Metroid, I believe, was, you know, convincing my dad to let me um, rent the game, take it home, and, you know, the rest is history, you know? Obviously, I'm not going to go too much in-depth into actually Prime itself. That's for a definitive ranking episode. But, yeah. Fusion. The goat. Yeah, it, the goat. it is. It's my favorite game of all time, <laughs> quite literally. Fusion, it's actually, it's actually funny, because Fusion, much like you, that's actually my favorite 
2D Metroid game, despite really loving that kind of open freeform exploration of Super and Zero Mission. Fusion's actually my second favorite 2D Metroid because, um, specifically because I love the way that the environments change as you progress through the game. Yes, yes. Like, that's something, I, and that's something that, agree. like, no other Metroid game has really capitalized on. Like, for instance, there's this, there's one moment in particular that always stands out to me, and that's when you're going up the elevator. Um, it's about halfway through the game. You've already gotten the various suit at this point, but you're going back through the main elevator onto the main deck, and the power gets cut like midway through your trip, and you're stuck there. And so you're trying to figure out like, oh man, what's going on? And then you realize, oh, I have to carve my way through the maintenance tunnels to make my way onto the main deck, and then find a way to turn the power back on from there. And then from there you meet um, Yakuza, the um, the uh, the space jump boss, and you have to tear through all the vines and all that. And just I I love that whole sequence and. And yeah, and so that's that's definitely what stands out to me about Fusion. Not even necessarily its story, because I think I think the story's good too. But it's it's how the environments the environments progress along with you as you upgrade, and that's not really something that Metroid games typically do. You know, other than like maybe upgrading an enemy after you reach a certain threshold. But that's just the enemy, not the actual environment itself. If that makes sense. Yeah, well, I took the words out of your mouth earlier, and then you just took what I was going to say, because I 100% agree in that particular part of the game is one of my favorite parts, because, yeah, you get to go in through, like, the back end of the, the station, right, and you're going essentially inside the walls, and as you go deeper, like, and you backtrack, but, you know, parts of the different rooms and areas become more congested with vines and vegetation, and you'll you'll run into enemies like caught up in the vegetation that you could free and kill or leave and yeah and then like you go even deeper and it it turns into like it's like moldy i, I love that part of fusion absolutely right i love how the world evolves and and morphs and meta like metamorphosizes as almost like samus is kind of morphing into a new form too uh it's absolutely awesome and i wonder if dread will capture that same thing but even like metroid prime too i think had a different kind of aspect to it because metroid fusion is as it is what it was it felt like a nintendo game but like metroid prime felt different like it felt like something completely different from like the usual nintendo game from what i played and i really hadn't played anything else like it on nintendo systems obviously i played like halo one you know around the same or i guess well metroid prime came out did it come out before or after it I came out after because halo came, came out, out after, halo came yeah. out in 2001 prime was 2001 and this yes yes that's what i was gonna say yeah i always i'm always mixing up the years and thinking <laughs> it's mixed up but um yeah so i'd already played halo one obviously i'd played like golden eye on the n64 but it, it just it felt like it was like wow this is an actual awesome fps experience like on my gamecube like this is so cool and it with a, a main nintendo franchise not like a third-party game, which I wasn't thinking in those terms back then, but you kind of knew the difference. Yeah, and it's like yes, yeah, so. it's it's like one of those things you play, like 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 you said, like this doesn't feel this. It's not at least at that time, it's not something that you were used to Nintendo releasing because like you had a very specific image of Nintendo. You know, you had your Mario's, you had your Donkey Kong's, you had your Legend of Zelda's, yeah. your Kirby's, your Star Fox, and while they're all v very distinct, you know. They all, maybe maybe Zelda being somewhat of an exception, they all kind of fit into like this similar mold of like art style and aesthetic and, um, and tone. And then you have Metroid, which just, it, it feels like something completely different outside outside of it. And it's, but it still has that signature like Nintendo seal of quality that's so distinct with Nintendo at that same time. And that's what I think 
what made Metroid so special, not just to us, but like to other people who were experiencing, mm. you know, their first Metroid game at that time as well. Yeah, and it made it feel like a really like, big deal again, like even going back to like both games are being announced and or releasing at the same time but metroid prime in general like getting this big 3d first person game made it feel like just a bigger experience like you know obviously the halo comparisons were there and that was like a really big deal at the time you know so like to have kind of like nintendo's equivalent to that was cool and obviously for metroid fans it was a huge deal because this was a a leap into a completely different perspective and, and you know the third dimension for a series that hadn't made that jump yet didn't make the jump in N- in the n64 era either right so obviously a lot of metroid fans are skeptical for me i wasn't a metroid fan until these games came out so i didn't like have that kind of original like bias right like i went to it and i was like oh my god like this series not only has like this 2d game it has this awesome 3d like you know fps like halo game like this is so cool you know i didn't have that same like oh this i didn't have that hesitance you know of like will this game be good or not because i'm not sure it's unlike any other metroid game before for me i was like oh this is what metroid is like right out of the gate that's what my understanding of metroid was were these two different styles of games and I guess that's kind of why both of them stuck with me as my favorites over all the years, because I've always enjoyed those two from the outset. So, uh, yeah, obviously, absolutely huge that these two games came out in 2002. And it wasn't too long until we got a bunch of more games. Like, it took, we had a gap year in 2003, but I think that's pretty acceptable considering everybody was busy uh, playing two games, right? Like, you had two years, so you had two games right there. Boom. It wasn't until 2004 that we got more Metroid games because we ended up getting Metroid Zero Mission early in 2004, around in February in North America, uh, and then so on throughout the rest of the, the world. And then I believe Metroid Prime Pinball came out in, I believe, October of uh, in North America, followed by Metroid Prime Echoes, Metroid Prime 2 Echoes, which came out you're getting in November. Those, you're getting those reversed. Prime 2 came out... Getting... Yeah, Prime 2 came out in November of 2004, then Pinball came out in... 2005. Yeah, 2005. That's what it is. That's what it is. Gotcha. So Zero Mission 2004, and then Echoes in late 2004, and then Pinball in 2005. As, so still, actually, okay. Actually, there's a third one we're, uh, we're missing as well. The uh, Metroid Prime Hunter's first hunt demo, which launched alongside Ooh. the DS, which came out which uh, the DS came out shortly after, or maybe it was before Echoes released. I can't, I can't remember when the DS came out. I think I actually, I think it was a week after. I think it was a week after Echoes came out because I believe yes, it was Echoes a, was November fifteenth, and then the uh, Hunter's first hunt demo was the twenty first. Yeah, yeah. So it was like the very next week. So <laughs> that's probably the closest we've gotten to like a Prime Fusion uh, kind of dual release since then. But yeah, yeah. I, that, that's pretty crazy to think about. So now that I have my timeline uh, correct here, just in, in the span of from February of 2004 until, you know, October of 2005, you have, so just under two years, you have three, you have, you have a big remake of, you know, one of the biggest games in the franchise. You have a sequel to Metroid Prime. You get the demo for another, bi- you know, Metroid you know, Prime spinoff and then another spinoff. So this is where I think the golden era you know, the golden age of Metroid really start that this is when it's in full gear, right? Like we're getting spin-offs, we're getting demos, we're getting sequels, we're getting remakes. You're that's like that's when you know like, okay, they have faith in this franchise. It's Nintendo firing Metroid on all fronts. They're making sure that there is yep. a they're they are making sure that there is a Metroid game on every single one of their platforms. Oh, you still have a Game Boy Advance? Here's another Metroid game. Oh, 
our GameCube owners, you want more Metroid, here's another fully packed sequel to that to that game you really you really enjoyed. Oh, you're about to buy a brand new handheld. Here, here's a demo of what you can expect. Spec, but you know what? That's only a demo. And while the the full game isn't quite ready for that, here have another spinoff the following year while you're waiting for um, the actual version of this little demo we initially gave you. Yeah, like that's the thing is that even more was coming right after this too, and and all this was received pretty you know pretty highly regarded I would say for the most part. You know, Metroid Zero Mission coming out first in February 2004 received pretty well as, you know, a remake that just had like significant improvements in almost all respects, even though maybe it might have been criticized for its length. Uh, Zero Mission, I remember coming out and that was uh, really mind blowing for me because I hadn't played the original Metroid at all before that. So to be able to kind of play that in a new way like it, it was modernized perfectly for a kid like me and i the artwork has always stuck out to me like the very bold heavy yeah, style I, that aesthetically is just a, i think aesthetically one of the best looking games overall especially for like a 2d kind of style yeah i love the um i love the um western comic slash uh, eastern manga art kind of hybrid art style mm-hmm. that they adapted for that game i think it I think it works really well for the whole game. And actually, I think the length, I think the length of Zero Mission is actually a plus in its favor because that that's a kind of game that's meant to be replayed over and over again. And for Agreed. me, for me like, you know, Metroid Zero Mission is like the perfect game where I can just pop in, beat it in one setting and like I will feel just as satisfied as the other 100 times I've done it. Like that feeling cuz usually when you pl- after you play a game for the first time, you still really enjoy it, but you never get quite that same feeling, you know, like Metroid Prime or most recently for me, I'd say Breath of the Wild. I will replay that game at some point, but it's not going to be the same as when I've played it for the first time. Zero Mission, every single time I play, it's just as good, if not better, than when I played it for the very first time, which I think I think makes Zero Mission special. And also, like, Zero Mission for me personally... Um, this was my very first 2D Metroid game. I actually didn't play Fusion until around 2009, 2010-ish. I can't remember quite oh, okay. the year. Yeah, I was a late bloomer to Fusion. But Zero Mission, <laughs> uh, I got this like right around when it came out. And so and so this was my first... Uh, well, technically Metroid 2 was my first 2D Metroid. But again, I only played that for 30 minutes. Zero Mission, I played all the way through and beat it. Since, I've, since then, I've beat it like... It, it's easily the Metroid game I've beaten the most... You know, I've 100%ed it numerous times. I've done the ludicrous hard mode 15% run, which is... It takes Zero Mission from one of the easiest games to one of the most brutally difficult games ever. For anyone who has ever tried that, you totally understand. But yeah, Zero Mission will always have a special place in my heart for that. And uh, also, the speed booster puzzles are amazing. Yeah, the Zero Mission is... A very nostalgic game for me as well. I think it was a game I got uh, for Easter, <laughs> oddly enough. Um, came out not too long after that. And yeah, I thought, I mean, I really loved the extra components and like, you know, the the kind of mysterious, like unknown upgrades you would get and like the end game content, like the zero suit section, I thought was really cool. And it gave me that kind of lore that I was really like the the old like the original kind of lore like metroid fusion has new kind of story and metroid prime is pretty light on story but this kind of gives like the core aspects of metroid which i just thought was sick and and also it hooked up to metroid prime i believe uh um, no fusion hooked up to prime, fusion did fusion but, um, hooked up to but metroid you could prime, unlock yeah. you could unlock the original metroid in zero mission that's what it was it, yeah, yeah that's what it was and that's how i actually played the original metroid so awesome game 
And I remember not having to wait for like Christmas or my birthday for having to get it. But I did have to wait for Christmas for Metroid Prime 2 Echoes because that released November 15th of 2004. So just several months after Zero Mission released in February, we had in November Metroid Prime 2 Echoes come out. We had uh, advertisements for that game. There were a bunch of ads and magazines. And it was a follow-up to one of the most critically acclaimed GameCube games of all time. Had a follow-up in a pretty short time span as well for such a major game. And I very much remember waiting to get to the uh, for Christmas for this game. And I remember, I think, my parents even trolling me a little bit, saying that they, were, they weren't sure if Santa was going to get it for me. And I was freaking <laughs> out because I wanted to play this game so badly. And I don't know about you, I was very excited for when it finally did come out because i pretty i feel like i i no liked it until i was done yeah prime 2 by the time prime 2 um by the time that marketing campaign started this was at that point right where, where i knew that metroid was like my favorite series after playing through prime and zero mission numerous times at this point like the way those games captured me like in such a unique way like i was i was all in during the uh, the prime 2 marketing campaign and uh, it's it's actually funny. So I vividly remember from my birthday, which is uh, which is September first, by the way. So that's coming up real soon. But at the time in two thousand four, <laughs> uh, for my birthday, my aunt pre-ordered the game for me, and uh, and my birthday present was basically uh, the GameStop receipt. And I was like, and it was in a round table. I, I remember that, and I was just oh, I was losing my mind. I was so excited. But yeah, um, and then yeah, I also. I also got, um, I was also subscribed to Nintendo Power at the time, and uh, for people that were subscribed to Nintendo Power at the time, you could get a free copy of the Metroid Prime 2 bonus disc, the demo disc, which I still have, by the way. I'm looking at it right now in my uh, my Metroid shrine that I have set up, (laughs) and uh, yeah, this demo disc uh, was really cool. I played played through that demo numerous times before the game came out, because I believe, I believe that this um hold on my laptop okay hold on i thought my laptop was running out of battery that was just my screensaver going on we're good sorry about that (laughs) (laughs) yeah my screen dim i was like uh what but no anyways yeah i played through that uh that demo multiple times there's also a bunch of bonus features on it a couple trailers there was a, a metroid timeline that had all of the uh all of the games released up to that point so this was how i like found out about all the other games in the series uh, Metroid 2, the um, OG Metroid I knew obviously because of Zero Mission at that time. Super Metroid, I had never seen Super Metroid in action before up until that demo disc, so that was really cool as well. And uh, yeah, that and I believe it came out like a couple months before the game released, or maybe it was sooner. My child brain just thought it was a couple months because when you're a kid, time moves at a much slower pace. But yeah, mm-hmm. everything just leading up to that game was just such a wild ride and. You know, I, I think the game absolutely lives up to it. Obviously, Metroid Prime, I think, is uh, is just a little bit better. But Prime 2, and this is a bit, this might be a bit of a controversial take. I think just about everything in Prime 2 is better than Prime 1, with the exception of, like, a couple of key things. And the two key things that, that, uh, that Prime does, I think, is what puts it a little bit above Echoes for me. But, like... Man, Echoes, the art direction. Like, Metroid Prime already had a really good art direction, but, man, Prime 2 just goes a step further with that art, in my opinion. Especially, like, stepping into Sanctuary Fortress for the first time. That's, like, a top five gaming moment for me. 
stepping into Sanctuary Fortress and just being blown away about all this artwork that, you know, Retro Studios created and how they, it like, it feels like this, this living, breathing, technological place that I just never experienced in um, really any medium before, let alone let alone a GameCube game, you know, the music, I think the music was, was an even bigger step up from Prime 1's already phenomenal soundtrack. Um, the boss battles, I know this is a super hot yep. take for a lot of people, I think the boss battles are freaking incredible, I love the Spider Guardian, I even love the Boost Guardian, man, I like, I love pretty much all of Echo's bosses, there's a couple of boring ones, like, you know, you got the Jump Guardian, which is just like, whatever, um, you got the Alpha Splinter, which is like, okay, whatever, but like most of the, most of these boss battles are standouts. Quadraxis, Emperor Ing, um, yeah, and all the other ones that I mentioned. Amorbus, you know, that's a pretty good uh, early boss battle in my opinion. But yeah, I, I would say that there's a solid case for Metroid Prime Two being the best Metroid Prime, to be honest. And it was, I think, considering the time they put the game together, it's obviously built very much on the original, but. It, it, you know, it's it's equivalent to me like Majora's Mask to Ocarina of Time. Like, it's just, it's very, like, it's content heavy. It just, it's obviously, like, darker, literally. But even beyond that, I think it just, it, it, it builds very well on the original, like, Metroid Prime Foundation. Like you said, it gives, like, its own identity, like, aesthetically. And it puts, a, like, its own spin and style on, like, what Prime introduced to the series. Um, I personally really love the ammo system and, like, going into the dark world and all that. Um, I, that really f spoke to like to the FPS gamer in me and added like a little bit of survival aspect and strategy to what you're going to use. And I loved how all the different weapons you know, operated together, uh, enemy types, bosses agreed. And yeah, this was such a really comprehensive, I think, follow up to Metroid Prime. It, it definitely lived up to the hype and added a, like a little more uh, pizzazz, a little more difficulty, a little it was more visceral, it was more surreal uh awesome awesome game and it was awesome that we got it you know only two short years right after metroid prime so um a really really great game and something that i definitely want to talk about more on the show and also can't wait to play in mouse and keyboard because that's the best way to play a metroid prime game uh speaking of metroid prime though we did get more metroid prime literally in the next year or so right after that so as you said a week later the Metroid Prime Hunters first hunt demo came out because it officially released with the Nintendo DS, which came out the same month in 2004. So I remember getting this uh, bundled with my DS and playing uh, this so much. Obviously, we I played Hunters itself a lot more, but this was even I mean, Metroid. There were so many mind blowing moments as a Metroid fan back then. Cause like, oh my god, you know, Metroid Prime, Metroid Fusion dropping, Zero Mission remake, awesome. Echoes awesome. Now I'm getting a multiplayer Metroid game on my DS. Like this is crazy. And this was just a demo, but like you knew when you were playing it that you were gonna get a little more. Um, that said, it took so long. You know, like it took almost two years to actually finally get that. You know, the real actual game. But I remember as a kid playing this demo like i mean to to like grinding it to dust in terms of how much i played it until the final hunters game actually came out yeah i played the crap out of this demo both the um both the single player training modes as well as the multiplayer with other friends because again like you know everyone that had a ds had a copy of the game so like that was like yep. a free multiplayer experience right out of the gate even though you only had three maps but still but yeah yeah, I played I played so much of this game even before I even got a DS cuz I didn't get my DS until the following year. But even before then, you know, like if I was ever at Target, like they would always have the DS on the demo kiosk with hunters in there and so I was always on there 
every time mm-hmm. uh, I was taking a target, just playing that uh, first hunt demo up until I got my own DS. And yeah, that you know it was uh, packed with the original like DS, like the fat DS. And I remember like anywhere you would, you know, when you like go to like any kind of place that had like a crane game or like some kind of game you could win, like, you know, iPods or, you know, gift cards. And, you know, anytime I would see a DS, like I would see those DS with the Metroid prime hunters, like first hunt right on it. I would (laughs) see those everywhere. When I went to play hockey, they had the crane game at the, at the ice rink. And that was there. I go to other place, other ice rinks for other games and they'd have them there. You go to like, you know, the, the, the rest stops on the side of highways and long car trips and they'd be there too. It was everywhere. I thought it was so awesome. And, I was like, wow, there was no shortage of people to play against for sure, even though I pretty much just, uh, you know, played with like whoever, whichever my friends that really was willing to play as much as I was willing to play. Um, Yeah, this it was. And honestly, I don't even I know we talked about this, me and Andy on a previous episode, but I don't even remember like being like waiting so hard, I guess, because I was just young still. But like the wait between the first hunt demo and then Hunter's actually releasing didn't feel too bad i think mm, i disagree um, I, I remember waiting pretty hard for I, game. yeah <laughs> I, I i don't rem- i mean it wasn't like I, d- I wasn't ready for it but it wasn't like i was like i knew it was going to come out and it was like i had metroid prime and i had echoes and i had zero mission you know so i kind of was like hey it'll co-, you know and, and then i had the demo i was like i, I guess i just wasn't like I, I don't know. I don't remember ever having that like feeling of, oh, when's this game going to come out? It was more like, this game's going to be awesome when it comes out for me, I guess. Um, and I would play that like the short single-player versions of the game over and over again until I could find someone to play with me. I think, uh, I one think game I me, didn't... I, th- oh, I think, or sorry, I didn't, I didn't mean your No, go ahead. Uh, okay, well, go ahead. I, guess, I guess the thing with me, with I guess why it felt so long maybe as a kid is because I was keeping track of like all the initial release dates. So initially, the game was originally yeah. supposed to come out in January of 2005. Like, it was supposed to come out, like, right. shortly after the DS came out. Obviously, that didn't happen. It got uh, it got pretty significantly delayed till the summer, and then it got delayed again till November, and then finally it got delayed a final time until, I want to say, March of 2006, and that was eventually when it came out. And so I was just, like, on top of, like, all those release dates and watching it get pushed back again and again, especially as a kid, because, again, as a kid, time flows much, much slower, so, like, six months can feel like three years as a kid <laughs> but yeah that's true yeah and uh and then after that 2005 we had a uh, metroid prime pinball which i actually don't even think i played until many years later it's kind of just one of those games that i i was happy that it was out and it was really cool that there were different metroid games to play but it wasn't something that I, like i think i like needed to play i also was very much in a pokemon pinball which is the in my eyes, a superior pinball game as much, you know, as much sort a Metroid podcast, but I did like this game when I did eventually play it, but I do remember not actually getting it when it first came out. I'm actually surprised that I played this when it came out. Cause I don't think I was, I looked interesting, but not something like I need right now. But then, mm-hmm. uh, my mom and I were in Costco one time and I saw pinball that was on sale. I can't remember how much DS games cost back then. I can't remember if it was 30 or $40, but it was like, it was like half off at Costco. They're like thirty five or something. Yeah, yeah, but it was it was like half off at Costco, and I was like, "Hey, mom, can I get this?" And she was like, "Yeah," and uh, yeah, the rest is history. And obviously, you know, I love pinball for the memes that it has in the Metroid community. But even the memes aside, mm-hmm. unironically, I think it's a great pinball game. It's a lot of fun to play. Uh, it's obvious. It, it's a really cool blend of like 
the traditional Metroid experience in pinball. The only thing, the only thing it doesn't quite translate over is like the kind of Metroidvania formula. Like they didn't, like every well, single yeah, every course. single <laughs> pinball table is kind of like um, it's it's basically a level by level basis. You can choose which order you do it in, but it's not like you can freely flow from one pinball table to the to the next. That's kind of the only thing that I wish that they that they incorporated in the game. The one thing that I felt was missing, but otherwise, like there's so much creative. Uh, creative levity that they do to make this feel like a genuinely it, it's it yeah it feels like there's a lot of love really put into this spinoff it feels like a genuine love letter to metroid in pinball form and i really like it i do remember the one thing i think that stuck out to the most to me what i remember most of this game is that it came with the rumble pack for the ds which i don't think i ever owned <laughs> and i don't think many people had it so i didn't really i think there was maybe a yoshi game or something my sister had that maybe would have used it i don't remember but uh I, I remember that that was the one thing it was like a rumble pack for the ds and i was like hmm okay like i don't know if i ever need that but sure and the rumble and pack was compatible with hunters too so it was nice having that ahead of time yeah i think it was actually sold with it so it was it was probably one of the ways you could end up getting it um but then we we would had the the next game's coming out finally we had the follow-up to that first hunt demo but this would I, this is personally where i would say is the the tail end of the the gold the golden era right these are the two last two major releases of the golden era of metroid and they come in the form of metroid prime hunters which released on the ds in march of 2006 and then metroid prime 3 corruption which released in august 2007 um, I remember by then I was like deep into like insider on the forums and all these different communities. I was playing like game battles and whatnot. So I remember when Metroid prime hunters came out and while I don't remember exactly when I got it, I want to say I might've even gotten it around Easter time again. Um, that, those games and Pokemon Troze I got for Easter. I remember those. I remember that from Pokemon Troze, great game, by the way. Um, but I remember specifically getting it for that holiday for some reason. Anyway, Metroid Prime Hunters finally coming out. It was like one of those major like Wi-Fi connection, you know, games, right? You had like Mario Kart DS, you had Animal Crossing, you had this game, you had Metroid Prime Hunters. And while there were other games that kind of took advantage of it, I feel like Metroid Prime Hunters is one of like the biggest Wi-Fi connection games for the DS. And it's a game that I personally played probably the most metroid metroid probably the metro game i've played the most of uh i loved this game especially by this time it was 2006 when it came out so i'd been playing halo 2 for two years uh, and and halo for longer so to have and i could i never owned an xbox until halo 3 came out in 2007 so this was really like the only first person multiplayer shooter i had access to at my house and so i played the absolute hell out of this game i was on wi-fi all the time i played you know i would i would play against uh like in in the actual um <clears throat> in like the actual arenas playing against bots i was playing the campaigns i was in like clans for this i played it on game battles i i did everything for metro when metro prime hunters until like the 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 freeze glitchers and the hackers kind of kind of ruined it but the the initial like you know years of metroid prime hunters some of the favorite most favorite and like 
nostalgic times I've had in gaming because of just like the friends I made and all the the different forums and communities and teams I was on and talking to people through my the mic on the hinge and the and the DS sitting in my bed like doing like clan talks on Alano's Gateway and and like battles on Harvester which is one of my favorite maps of all time and like any FPS game um, and I've always wanted to recreate it and have done so in other like games. Uh, the character's awesome. Like, it was the first time that it felt like Metroid was really, like, expanding the universe, too. Like, obviously, the Metroid Prime series had that, and, like, Metroid Fusion expanded on the story, and then we had, like, Dark Samus and whatnot in Metroid Prime 2. But, like, this, there were, like, all new characters from, like, all these different parts of, like, the universe and, and these big powers we hadn't seen before. And it was just... It was, again, felt so revolutionary to me. Like, all these different characters with their own morph ball forms and their different weapons, the the he the different, like, heads-up displays that would change depending on what character you'd use. Oh, I, I love this game so much, as you can tell. So, um, really loved when this game came out, and it's a, one of the most, one of my most played DS games of all time. Yeah, same same here. Like, I played a ton of this game, like, right as it came out. Um, I, didn't, I didn't do any actual clan battles, but... I was constantly playing Wi-Fi all the time. I think this and Mario Kart DS were, like, my most played games yep. online on the DS, like, by a long shot. And, yeah, like, I beat the campaign multiple times, including uh, including getting the uh, the true ending. You know, gotta do that Goria phase two. Otherwise, it's not a real playthrough. Gotta do that. <laughs> um, I think I made my way up to level three. I think it was the the elite rank. You know, I, I really wanted to get that... Um, I really wanted to get that uh, level four, but I don't think I quite did that. The legendary rank, where you get like the gold, you get the gold multiplayer banner. Like it looks, I I loved seeing uh, players with those because they look so cool. But I never quite got, didn't quite play enough to get to that rank. But yeah, got to elite. Um, had a lot of fun with hunters. Played with my friends when I could. I actually bought, I actually bought one of my friends who um who I still talk to today. I bought him a copy back in the day so that we could play together as well. Um, but yeah. Um, it wasn't. Do, do you still have your copy? Yes, I still. I have all my. I have all my original Metroid copies that I nice, bought over the years. But yeah, um, yeah I don't. Yeah, I, I mean, don't I'm... have. I don't have the original box anymore, though. I lost the box. But oh, I, still, I don't. I don't know if I have it either. Yeah. yeah but I still. <laughs> I still have the cartridge though in like my uh in my uh, DS case because I had um I had a DS case with like a bunch of my game cartridges in them. I have that uh, Mario Kart DS pinball. Animal Crossing, bunch of stuff. So, you know, looking back on this game, right? Like, this is, it's really the only, so far, the only Metroid game that was really mostly focused on multiplayer. And it was came out on the DS. It really hasn't been done since. How, what, do you, what do you feel about, like, this game in, like, the grand scope of the entire franchise? Um, do you think it was successful at the time? Do you think it should be done again? Like, what, do you, what are your thoughts, like, looking back on the game uh, since it's been over a decade, maybe like a decade and a half since the release, essentially. Well, I'm not going to get too much in depth to that because uh, without giving away too many spoilers, there might be a topic in the near future once Andy gets back. <laughs> oh, fair, right, fair. <laughs> that and uh, and I definitely think Hunters is going to be relevant to that topic. Uh, in fact, not not might be. It is going to be. I can at least say what I'm going to say that it's going to be relevant, and I'm sure that you're going to be bringing it up as well. So we won't right. we won't spoil that. We'll let uh all y'all listeners uh, sit on that but what, what i will say is um was hunters a success um i would i would say yeah I, I it didn't like you know it didn't break it didn't like break the mold of metroid sales but i think it for what it was i think it performed admirably i think it was 
I think it was somewhere between 1 and 1.5 million sales, which is fairly average for a Metroid game. And, um, you know, we've talked about this before on the Discord, but, you know, I think Hunters was ahead of its time. You know, unfortunately... Oh, yes, it was. Uh, it, unfortunately, it was held back by the hardware it was on, which I do I do partially have to criticize the developers because I think it's on the developers to develop games for the heart for the hardware that they have in mind and be and being able to use those hardware limitations to shape the game and even innovate the game in ways possible which is which i think metroid 2 does a little bit better but overall like i you know hunters has so many really interesting concepts it's an idea that no other game has really tried and a lot of those a lot of those trends that you see in hunters are like mainstream trends now like it was basically you know it was one of the first hero shooters that I can really remember. Like, I'm sure someone in the comments will type out, like, no, you idiot, it was actually blah, 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 in, like, 1997 <laughs> or something. But, like, but you know, you had all these different characters with these unique abilities, and that wasn't really a trend in FPS multiplayer at the time. And now, like, you see that everywhere with, like, you know, a lot of the CODs. You know, you have Overwatch, obviously. You have uh, Battleborn for the two days that it was on the market. Um, but, yeah. Yep. <laughs> No, definitely. I, I 100% agree it was ahead of its time. We'll definitely get into that more in the coming weeks, and I definitely think it'll be tried again. So I, I love that game. And then it got followed up, so to speak, a year later, August 2007, Metroid Prime 3 Corruption. So at the time, the end of the Metroid Prime trilogy, the culmination since 2000, you know, it had been five years since the first game had come out, a long journey, spin-offs, a sequel, so much had happened since then, and then you finally get to Metroid Prime 3 Corruption. I remember the the E3 hype, multiple E3 hype, you know, multiple E3s worth of hype for this game. I remember following it on, on Insider, I remember following it on, on G4, watching their coverage. I was so excited for this game, and even though I wasn't a very excited, I mean, honestly... Looking back, I remember originally I thought the whole like aiming with the Wii remote, like I thought it was like weird and different because I was used to like playing on a regular controller, but at the same time I almost like didn't care. I know like even though I wasn't like as hype about like the Wii controls, I still thought it was awesome because it was Metroid and I was like, oh, I can't wait to point and click and shoot space pirates and pull with my, my grapple with the nunchuck and whatnot. It was new. I mean, the Wii was such a, like, I think that it played into the fact that like, the Wii was just such a, a phenomenon at the time, right? That even though, like, I guess looking back, motion controls aren't my favorite, um, it was just so crazy to, like, see a Metroid, not only just a new Metroid Prime game again, but, like, playing it with the Wii controls and having, you know, aiming and shooting and, and actually feeling, I guess, kind of like you're playing as Samus in that way. So I definitely, I remember that being like a big deal as a kid to me. I was so excited for the follow-up of this game. The original trailer, seeing the new, the new, the new ship, I thought looked so cool. Um, and what, what do you remember most about like the original like release and hype for this game? Oh my God, dude. I was, I was all on board, you know, the motion controller, uh, thing when I yeah. was, when I was young, obviously nowadays and seeing how it's all panned out, obviously I have a very different opinion on motion controls at large. I still think for the most part, corruption does it absolutely phenomenally. And I, it's still my preferred mm -hmm. method of playing through the entire Metroid uh, prime trilogy. It's one of those few games where I feel like the motion aiming is fairly accurate and it's fun. It's obviously, it's not quite what I envisioned as a kid where I was imagining like actually like aiming my arm as the arm cannon and whatnot. Obviously, yeah. it's, obviously not, it's not really that. It's much more like wrist movements than anything. You're not really moving your shoulders that much. But, you know, even still, like as a kid, like I fully bought into like all that hype. 
Um, and it was it was up. I would say up until Metroid Dread, it was probably the most hyped I'd ever been for a game like in my entire life. Because at this point, I was, you know, I was playing like all the Metroid games like as they were coming out. Uh, Super Metroid was actually released yep. on the uh, on the Wii Shop channel. Uh, that's a throwback, but that was released on the Wii Shop channel a couple weeks before Prime 3 came out, so I immediately bought that, and I beat that literally days before Prime 3 came out. So I was, my, my body was ready for this game. Like, I was super hyped. You know, there was this game, uh, one of the few games that I think Nintendo really did a pretty decent job marketing, actually. Like, obviously, we, did, we weren't getting any Prime 1 movie theater trailers, but, like, constantly I was seeing ads for it on you know online on ign and whatnot there was the metroid yep. prime uh, 3 channel that nintendo released that yes that had like wow these... throwback yes. yes oh my god and like every Continue, single and wow, every great. single week nintendo would put like a new trailer depicting like one of the aspects of the game like the uh the p the phase on enhancement devices the gfs valhalla there was a dark samus trailer and i remember i remember watching that dark samus oh. trailer just how creepy and just unsettling it looked and uh I was su- I was super excited for this game at the time. Dude, you're taking me back. I completely forgot about that channel. I would check that all the time. I remember sometimes just letting it sit there and listening to the music. Uh, wow, dude, I that is bringing me back. That is just so nostalgic. That is some of the like pure Metroid love I have is like getting hyped for this game, um, and like yeah, the the channel. And watching like all the 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 we there were like like the we would like the play commercial even Metroid Prime got one of those, um yeah wow the nostalgia for this game I had was real and even when it came out I enjoyed it a lot because it I you know it's it was a little more story based and it felt like more cinematic and action heavy and I really liked that I liked all the characters they introduced I liked the story of the game and it felt like a it definitely felt like a solid closing chapter of the series you know like it didn't feel like it had any kind of loose ends really it felt like what a metroid prime concludes like final game should be i guess you know it felt like it felt great um yeah like sometimes the 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 motion controls wouldn't cooperate i definitely have like very a lot of images of like you know how when you if you lose like i guess like the wii remote like to the console like the the reticle would like like the crosshair would blink you know yeah, that little yellow that little yellow symbol uh, <laughs> exactly like that is what i think of sometimes i think of metroid prime 3 playing in motion controls uh, maybe but I, I still have so much maybe i just have game. a good setup but i never really never really had that problem when i was playing i had that see that was a thing is maybe that was like that affected people's uh you know experience overall with many wii games i, ha- I remember having that issue with metroid prime 3 and some other games and i would I would, you know, struggle through it, but I remember, I don't know, maybe it was just my setup or proximity to the other things, and I just was a dumb kid and didn't know better, or didn't have any choice of how, you know, my house was situated at the time. Um, but yeah, I definitely remember that, and still made the most of it and, and played the hell out of this game. Though I do remember, the, I remember there was one point in the game, we have to collect those, like, energy cores, um, and there's a bunch of those, like a dozen of those, something like that. Like those. Oh, like, you mean big, like, like, the, uh, like the phasoids where you have to go into hyper mode and take those out for like the credits? I think so. Um, I'm, I think I'm misremembering. I believe that is in Prime 3. You had to collect a bunch of these like cores that you had to then use the, the motion controls to lock oh, into like the a energy wall cells, or something. The like energy that. Cells. Yeah, the energy cells. Yes. I remember that was the first time I got frustrated with the game because I like I missed one or two. And I was like, oh, my God. I have no idea which ones they were, like where I got these, 
and I had to go and backtrack, but I, I got through it. But still, I, I really love this game. The hyper mode was cool. I thought the suits were, were awesome. And it really felt like an awesome culmination of like, like this is, this was, I would say like the middle portion of like the Metroid golden era we talked about like the golden age like where the spin-offs are coming out and echoes coming out like that was definitely like the peak of it but this to me was like when you had when i had both hunters and then corruption come out like that was the peak for me because that's we had there was so much metroid at that point you had yeah. three metroid prime games plus hunters plus pinball plus fusion plus zero mission like there was so much metroid to play that i looked at it as like a full package like i had i there was any experience I wanted really with a metro, you know, in a Metroid setting, I had it. Yeah, a quality that, Metroid. That buffet. to me was exactly, exactly. It was a, a smorgasbord of Metroid, and that to me is like golden age Metroid right there. As you had any kind of Metroid experience you wanted to, you had pinball. Come on, like that was crazy to me. Uh, so the, the real goat. There you go. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, we need we need Metroid Prime pinball too. Where's that? Um, I'll even, I'll that, even that take, I'll even take an HD to. remake with the inevitable Metroid Prime Trilogy port, which you will do, Nintendo. Absolutely. You are going to do that, right? Right? I would hope so. Well, baby steps. We're, let's get to Dread and <laughs> Prime 4 first, and then we can go off into our Platinum era. But yeah, Prime um, 3, um, it's it's yeah. my least favorite of the trilogy, but despite that, it's you know it's still a solid game. I still really love it. You know, I think I think a testament to that game is you know because graphically at that time we were getting. You know, we were just experiencing, you know, the PlayStation 3 and the Xbox and like, you know, you know, those, you know, at the time, some of those graphics don't really look good today anymore. But like back then, like I remember some of those PS3 and 360 games looked incredible for me in particular, like Gears of War was like the first game that my made my jaw drop. I was like, oh, my gosh, it looks like real life. And mm -hmm. and, you know, the Wii didn't really have those games up until. I think Prime 3 and Super Mario Galaxy. Those were the first games where I feel Agreed. like where I feel like Nintendo really found these art styles that work really well with the Wii hardware and just really got the best out of those. Like Prime 3 even to this day like, you know, I was just I just mentioned Gears of War. Like while that game may had a bitter bigger impact on me at the time, you know, nowadays like you go back and play that first Gears game, like it looks ugly. Like you have to play Gears Ultimate Edition if you want like if you want to play that first game and have it look really <laughs> really nice. Metroid Prime 3 right. like, you know, even even on, at 480p, like that game still looks incredible. Let alone if you play it on Dolphin at 1080p. Like, oh, I can't wait, dude. Honestly, I think Corruption might even have a case for best Metroid Prime, though. I think it might be Echoes. I don't even know. That's one thing I love about the three Metroid Prime games that they're all like A's, and it's like, oh, is this an A plus? Is it an A? You know, like who, who I would give. I would um, personally give Corruption a B personally, but Prime okay. Prime and Prime Two, I would both give A pluses. Maybe Prime Two give an A, but. Prime three, I would That's give. That's what I, I. Prime three, I'd give a B or maybe a B plus. So I've always felt it would be like A plus for Metroid Prime, A for Echoes, A minus for Corruption. That's or okay. like you know high nineties and then mid nineties and then like low nineties for Corruption. That's how I've always looked at it. But honestly, I I, I cannot wait to go back and I, I really I'm gonna stream it too. Um, so check that out. I'm definitely gonna try out Echoes and Corruption on on mouse and keyboard because that is I cannot wait. Gonna be awesome. Um, but yeah, so that, that is really like the golden age, right? And that was so much. I mean, we've been, we're almost an hour and 20 minutes almost. This might least, be the obviously. longest podcast we've recorded yet. I it might, it's definitely up there, but you know, we spent a lot of this chunk talking about just such a long and good time being a Metroid fan. Like this was pure Metroid fan goodness. Like this is the best time as far as I'm concerned to be a Metroid fan. Before we close this out, we want to talk about something quickly, uh, because we were going to have a little bit of a disagreement 
Um, besides the fact that we can agree that this was definitely the golden age of Metroid, we agree when it started, and we agree that it was awesome time to be a Metroid fan, and we hope you all enjoyed reminiscing about those games with us. But we had a bit of a disagreement before we started, and Dumino was saying that he thinks the end of the golden age, correct me if I'm wrong, that's how you phrase it, would be Other M. The end of that, where as far as I'm concerned, the end of the golden age is the last good release in that time, which was Metroid Prime 3 Corruption. So... Uh, that's what I would say. The the, the Golden Age um, starts and ends 2002 to 2007. You're saying you think Other M is part of that, which I cannot agree. So ha- please, please explain yourself. <laughs> so so first off, I'm, I am also in the camp of you and Andy where I do not think Other M is a good game. I still enjoy it, but not for the reason that Sakamoto probably wants me to enjoy it because I think it's a really silly and goofy game. And while... The gameplay, the gameplay is clunky, but it's still playable in my opinion. With the exception of a couple of the pixel hunt sequences, especially the one in Ridley where it's pitch dark. That one's an absolute pain in the ass. I hate that one. But, you know, that aside, I think the gameplay, it's, you know, it's okay. You know, it's not terrible. It's not amazing, but it's play. It's fine. It's fine. And the story, I think it's really goofy. There's some people out there that will live and die by that story. You know, more power to you if, if you're if you're that. I personally, I, I can't relate to that. But I think the story is just really entertaining. Is this really weird, goofy kind of like... It, it's like it's like watching Batman and Robin or watching The Room. Like, it's so bad that it's funny. Like, I can't not be entertained. I, I agree with that. It is so bad that it's funny. <laughs> and it's like... And it's like you kind of... And it's like, you know, pretend for a moment that, you know... Pretend, pretend for a moment, like, take out all the context of the rest of the Metroid series, take out the history of this series and everything, just focusing on this game in a bubble. Like, it's a, it's a very silly and funny game, and I, you know, I, I enjoy it for, I enjoy it for what it is. Um, and that being said, uh, I do consider it specifically just because of when it released. Even if, you know, the game might be divisive, you know, some people, some people love Other M, some people are indifferent, some people despise Other M. At the end, at the as end of the day, should. at the end, huh? I said as they should. <laughs> and um, yeah, at the end of the day, like I guess it, I guess it all depends on how you define golden age. For me, I don't think a game has to be critically praised for it to be a part of the golden age. I'd simply consider the golden age as the sp- as the amount of Metroid titles that were released and the overall outlook that the Metroid series as a whole had on the people that played that series, not necessarily the individual games, but more as the collective. And I consider other M a part of that collective, you know, despite its opinions um, and uh, kind of its divisiveness that it's had within the Metroid community since then. But, you know, obviously you feel different and I see your perspective too, because I mean, other M arguably did it cut the community in half, you know, and it uh, arguably is what started you know, yeah. our second Metroid drought. So, you know, I can see your perspective as well. Yeah. I mean, I, for me, I think, oh, obviously I respect your opinion, but definitely disagree. But I think it on two, on two accounts, because number one, I definitely think it has to do with the quality of games, because if you release five or six Metroid games and they're all bad, you can't call it a golden age just because you had five or six Metroid games. If they're all bad. Then, you know, then it doesn't matter. But the fact that the golden age was not only because we got a bunch of Metroid games, but they were all really good. That's what makes it a golden age and not just it's a great time to be a Metroid fan. That made it the best time to be a Metroid fan. On the second point, in terms of proximity to release, Other M came out three years after Prime 3, which I think is more than enough time to consider it not part of the same era. And I wouldn't even really consider Trilogy as a 
uh, a stopgap to kind of link the two think, times together because fair, yeah. it's just because it's just a collection of the ports. So that's kind of how I'm looking at it. Other M took, you know, it was three years. We hadn't like the Metroid. There was a new Metroid game every year of the Golden Age, except 2003. There was a new Metroid game in 2002, 2004, 2005, 2006, 2007. Then you had 2008, 2009, only until 2010 to get a new one, and it wasn't good. So as far as I'm concerned, once Metroid Prime 3 came out and you had that release window, that's when it ended, and then you transitioned into the Dark Ages, which, unfortunately, Trilogy I wouldn't, was part of that transi- transitory era, or like that kind of transition era in between, and then you had the Dark Ages, which began with Other M and went until, I would say, uh, until just before Samus Returns you know, came out. So... That's how I look at it. I see what you're saying, though, but I, I definitely disagree. Yeah, I think I, I think that, la- I think that last point you made in particular about, you know, that gap between other M and yeah. corruption, because like at, at the time, like at the time, it didn't feel like that long of a gap. But like now that you mention it, like with the, you know, with the frequency of Metroid titles that were coming out, that was uh, at least at the time, that was a rather long that was a rather long gap between Metroid titles that we hadn't really seen for like a decade at that point. So I, I do see that, that. Yeah, I do think you make a good point there. That's interesting you say that though, because earlier you were saying how you definitely remember the wait from first hunt demo to Metroid Prime yeah, Hunters, right? which, was, which was shorter. Exactly. But for me, but for me, I hundred percent remember the wait from Prime Three to Other M. Interesting. Because you know, at the first off, because I didn't know how bad Other M was gonna, I was excited for it. But like, <laughs> Same. it was be- I was so used to having so many consistent Metroid releases that all of a sudden for the three year wait, I that was excruciating for me. Well, I definitely remember. So the that. thing, so the thing with um corruption in Other M is um. So, so first off, I was much younger. One's good, one's bad. Yeah, Sorry, keep going. <laughs> but yeah, so I was much younger when um I think I was I think I was still in elementary school or like middle school like when Hunters came out. Whereas when Other M came out, I was already like well into high school at this point. I think that I think it came out my right. junior year or something like that. But and also, Other M wasn't announced um until two thousand nine. So the so the wait for Other M was really only was really only like a year since that initial E3 announcement. And while, yeah, it was a bit, well, and that was about the same length as it was for corruption, corruption. Technically it was about two years for corruption, but you know, corruption only had like that small CG trailer. Like when the Wii was still called the revolution, it didn't get that full E3 blowout until. Awesome trailer though. Yes. That was enough for me. I remember that. Yeah, where we first saw yeah, where we first saw the uh, the amazing gunship, like you mentioned earlier. Yeah, and it was like flying over like all the phase and tendrils. Oh, such a ooh, love it, love it. Mm-hmm. Yes, but I, I I definitely see what you're saying. Um, I would still separate it though. But I want let us let us know out there if you're listening what you think on our thoughts. We'll I, definitely I do jump have, into the Discord. I do have Discord. one question, and this isn't like a gotcha yes. or anything. I'm just I'm genuinely curious to hear his perspective on this. Let's say okay. in an alternate timeline, if corruption and other m switch release dates would you still consider mm. would you still consider corruption to be the end of the golden age or would you consider hunters to be the end of the golden age since that would be the last would, game for other m yeah i would consider hunters to be the last okay. one okay all right and then it would start another era which would likely be a very mixed one because it would have a really good game and a really bad one and that would be just a different timeline but yeah i would consider it ending at hunters then and not including other m and then corruption all right cool interesting that's how I feel about uh, the stru- structure of eras <laughs> and, and, and categorizing history. But, um, wow, it's been an hour and a half we've been talking about this stuff. A lot of good stuff to talk about. Um, but 
we got to go and move on to some more stuff because we have a lot more Metroid to talk about. It'll be myself and Duminal in the coming weeks as we talk about Metroid music. We're talking about Metroid Dread. We're talking about a bunch of stuff, and it's going to be awesome. So we'll definitely let you know what's in the works as we get closer and closer to it. But I want to also thank you, Duminal, for joining me once again. This is the first time I've actually hosted the show myself, so I hope I did a... All right, job. But thank you so much for helping me out here and uh, helping us out as, you know, both myself and Andy have been kind of in flux going through this uh, hectic year. So uh, yeah, thanks know, for joining in, you man. Know, it's playoff season and, you know, someone's got to be on the bench to pull <laughs> off, you know, when uh, someone breaks their ankle or something. And, you know, I'm more than happy, more than happy to be that guy. Always love doing these. And I think you did a great job hosting. I mean, you definitely, Appreciate considering that. the length of this episode, I think you definitely didn't run out of uh, topics and ideas to cover. So. Well, that is one thing. Maybe I should have reined it in, but maybe not. We had a lot to talk about, and it was a lot of fun going back through all that. I hope you all enjoyed this extra long episode. Thank you all for tuning in, and we'll see you next time on the Omega Metroid podcast. And uh, thanks for joining us for some Metroid. We hope to get some more Metroid to you real soon. Have a good one.